0: Good morning and welcome to episode 785 of Effectively Wild, the daily podcast from Baseball Prospectus, presented by the Play Index at baseballreference.com. I'm Ben Lindbergh of 538, joined by Sam Miller of Baseball Prospectus. Hello. Yo. We're back. Finished our book, sort of. Yep, sure did. It's a nice feeling.
1: Yeah, now now we go on to the uh, important and very difficult work. Of trying not to knee jerkingly lower expectations for it every time someone brings it up. Yeah. I thought you were gonna say editing and revising. No, nope. Nope. No. Just fighting the urge to tell people it sucks. Just uh-huh. just gotta fight that urge. It's not it's it's not uh it's not like us to not say it's gonna suck. But we've got no. uh, six months of hard work ahead of us. <laughs> not giving up until it's out. That's right. We've gotta become self promoters. Yep.
0: All right. Ah, oh, I'm in a good mood. Yep. Mostly because of that. And it wrapped up just so fortuitously in time for my all-day Star Wars marathon. Is that right? Yeah. If it had finished up one day later, it would have jeopardized my plans. I just caught up on what happened in baseball over the last week uh-huh. when I wasn't paying attention. Anything you
1: uh, want to
0: talk about from that time?
1: Uh, no. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> I don't know what we're going to talk about. That might affect my answer. I thought, I mean, you know, why don't you like my idea? <laughs> I like your idea. Well, then why are, why are you fighting it so hard? All right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to start. I might start releasing my own cut of this. Yeah, you'd have to figure out how to record it. Never I, I know. It's true. But I've got some free time.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. So you had an idea for this episode. Yeah, go ahead. Let's it's do your
1: it. show. No, it's your show. My yeah. show. It's your show. Go no ahead. No way. No, no, no. It is your show. It's Thursday. This is the Monday show on Thursday. <laughs> <laughs> no. Nah. really? I yeah. mean, what what about Thanksgiving though? I didn't. We didn't. We didn't declare that Wednesday was a Friday.
0: Uh, we took Friday off. Yeah, we, we that's did what I'm saying. Show. No, email but that's, those
1: are both of our shows. No, but that, but that's what I'm saying is that I had to come up with two topics that week, and you had to come no, up I with see. none. Yeah, it's the luck of the draw. No, this is the same. (laughs) We're drawing again. This is just a... It's the same deck. Uh,
0: Okay, but it's your idea.
1: Just talk.
0: All right. My topic is that you wanted to talk about (laughs) (laughs) Jeff Passan's article in Yahoo Sports over this past weekend about the incredible class of 2018, the free agent class of 2018, which... His headline says, "We'll change MLB as we know it," and then he goes through the many players that will be part of this free agent class and the ways in which it will change MLB as we know it.
1: Yeah, I'll take over for now. Thanks. All right. So I don't know. Uh, I don't know that I have much to say about this, but it is a <laughs> incredibly satisfying article to read. In the same way that, like, the first time you go to Coachella, it's incredibly satisfying to like look at this incredible list of bands and then you actually go out there and you realize like, Oh, well, three of them are playing at once. And, uh, you know, one of them, uh, you pick one, but then you end up going to the most crowded one anyway. And, and it's, it's like so crowded that you don't even get a very good seat. And so then you leave and by then the other two have quit playing and you know, you're too hot and everything like that. And so, so like you have all these great players that are really fun to imagine being free agents just individually. Uh, And then you put them all together. And so the big thing, I think that uh, we can discuss whether we think it's historic. But, I mean, I think it's fair to say that it's always going to be easier to do this exercise three years out uh, than in reality. Partly because some guys won't hit free agency. uh, After all, they will sign extensions perhaps. uh, But also partly because guys just aren't going to be as good. In three years, that that like there are most of these guys. In fact, will be worse in three years than they are now. Uh, And so, I I as an example, uh, quickly looked at the top twenty five players who were all twenty eight or younger. So these are these are the top twenty five players in all of baseball uh, in two thousand and twelve. And then I just looked at the ones of those who were under twenty who were 28 or younger. And so... Did you uh, use play index for that? I did, yeah. Cool. Coupon code BP. Mm-hmm. Did I? Yeah, I did. I did. I did okay. use play index for that. True so, in advertising. So these are not... J- I, just to be clear, these are not the 25 best players under 28. These are the players who are under 28 who were on the list of the best 25 players. And that those those players included uh, Denard Span. Aaron Hill, Josh Reddick, Austin Jackson, Martine Prado, Michael Bourne, Chase Headley, Brett laurie All those guys were were basically like coming off seasons where they were stars uh, for that year, five win-plus players, and at the time young, at the time either in their prime or even younger, and now I just named a bunch of guys who are old, not very good, uh, feel even older than they are, or, uh, you know, for like you forgot they existed. Like, like Austin Jackson is a free agent. And, yeah. <laughs> and Austin Jackson's going to get like one year and six and a half million dollars or something like that. I forgot uh, about Aaron Hill. Yeah, right? Like, how shocking is it that he was 28 or younger three years ago? <laughs> or ever. Or ever. <laughs> and um, there were others, by the way. These That's not the entire list. But those are among the... I mean that's like half the the list of players who were twenty eight or younger for pitchers. Same exercise: Matt Kane, Jared Parker, Matt Latos, Chris Medlin, Matt Harrison. I mean, Matt Latos was I think twenty five or twenty four. He was twenty four that year, and he was coming off of a top twenty five year in all of baseball as a pitcher. And uh, now he's a free agent, and he signed. Did he sign a minor league deal, or did he sign like a one year? What did he what? what kind of ridiculous deal did he sign for the angels or I'm not really the angels tabs on I don't Matt even remember who, these days. the angels traded for him and he was horrible. And then mm-hmm. he, Oh, I don't think he has signed. I think I'm sorry. I, I don't think he has signed. I think that I'm thinking of, we his don't name. know where Matt Latos is. That's the point. That is the point. Yeah. He, <laughs> he was not on the top 50 free agents list that I edited. That's what I was thinking about with Matt Latos. Yeah. Um, and I mean, Latos would have been one of the, uh, premium guys listed. And so, so this exercise that, um, that, uh, well, and, and I'm going to get to why, uh, Jeff is hundred percent right about it, but just to walk it back somewhat, you basically, you take a bunch of guys who are all really good this year, look at their age and then forecast who's going to be good, uh, or who's going to be a free agent in three years. And, uh, it, it captures a big group of people, many of whom aren't going to be that good. And then you can also, if you want pad that list with guys who, Aren't coming off good years, but were recently, and then that just expands it more. So, so there are like I would say that the the uh, when Jeff uh, makes his list, it goes for like three paragraphs long. Actually, he did three full <laughs> tweets, and by uh, the third tweet, I think like I think that the three tweet group will be way way winnowed down now.
0: However, yeah, I however, will say that uh, in his article, he I felt like he should have. Should have quit while he was ahead. (laughs) He should have, right. Because
1: at a certain point, you're talking about... uh, He's like
0: Bryce Harper, ooh, and Clayton Kershaw, ooh, and Jose Fernandez, hey, and Matt Harvey, okay. And then Gene Segura, Segura and
1: Brian Dozier, and A.J. Ramos, (laughs) Ramos. yeah. I agree. Uh, I agree. Yeah, Uh, guys who,
0: if they were free agents right now, I would not be excited about. So, yeah.
1: That said, though... Uh, mm-hmm. His uh, The point is 100% true. Yes. Uh, the first tweet he had, and it's the same in the article. I'm going to look up the tweet because when I saw that tweet, I really, like, I, I almost gasped thinking, uh-huh. like, wow. Uh, so just the first tweet here Free agent class of 2018 includes Bryce Harper, Josh Donaldson, Andrew McCutcheon, Manny Machado, David Price, Jason Hayward, Clayton Kershaw, Jose Fernandez, Matt Harvey, Dallas Keichel, Chris Sale. And that is incredible, right? Like, that is, like, breathtaking. You have mm-hmm. basically with Harper, uh, Machado, and Fernandez, you are going to have, well, at least right now, you have a three of probably the 10 best players in baseball. Like, maybe a top three pitcher and then two of the 10 best players. And they're going to hit free agency at 26 each. They will be... Assuming they're all healthy, and assuming that you know one, they haven't collapsed before, then uh, they have the potential to be three of probably the six or seven best free agents in history. And yes. uh, so that's and so that's just the start of the tweet, dude. <laughs> like then you have right, like Jeff spells out in the article. I mean, you have the MVP in Josh Donaldson. You have what last year's MVP? Did McCutcheon win it last year, or did he finish second?
0: I think he won.
1: Okay. Uh, And then you have uh, the Cy Young winner and the Cy Young runner-up in the AL. Uh, This year you have Kershaw, the greatest pitcher of his generation by a mile. You have Chris Sale, who might also be in the conversation for the second best pitcher in baseball. Uh, And then you have Harvey and Hayward. And that's all in one tweet. And that's pretty amazing. Mm -hmm. So do you then – and so then um, – Cutting one in 2013, by the way. 2014, he was third. Okay, thanks. Um, So then the question is, how much do you believe the kind of uh, theorized explanation for what uh, some teams like the Dodgers in particular are doing where they seem to not be that aggressive for free agents, especially relative to uh, how we heard about how much money there is in the game and how it was just going to be unstoppable spending sprees throughout baseball because of all these TV contracts? And then we see the Dodgers basically sitting out uh, these free agency um, opportunities this year, Uh, and we had a kind of a hard time explaining it when I think we did the Granky episode, maybe. Mm -hmm. Um, And we very briefly mentioned the explanation that maybe they're looking ahead to. We didn't have specifics, but we were maybe they're looking ahead to that range of years when guys like Harper and Strasburg I named, but he's not then, but Strasburg and other guys were going to be a Kershaw would be hitting free agency and whether they were sort of lining up their finances for that. And um, Jeff makes the case that not only uh, are these incredible, is this incredible class of free agents going to be available, but simultaneously you have the Dodgers essentially could have, well, at the moment they have three million dollars committed to that year assuming Kersh- that kershaw opts out um and the phillies uh, I'll, i'm just going to read now the phillies in recent years among the top five spending teams in the game have not a single penny on the books for the 2019 season according to bp the rockies books are clear that season uh the yankees will only have 57 million dollars on the books uh, and then, you know, the Dodgers at $3 million. So uh, how much do you buy the idea that teams in 2015 are looking ahead to that class and are making decisions specifically to uh, be freed up?
0: I think not very much. I, there are a lot of teams spending this offseason. As Jeff notes in his first paragraph, baseball is going to smash its free agent record for dollars spent by many hundreds of millions of dollars. And I could see some teams paying some attention to it, but it, it doesn't seem like it should be the centerpiece of your strategy. Because as we discussed, as Jeff acknowledges, some of these people are going to sign extensions and, you know, maybe Jose Fernandez and Bryce Harper are not going to sign extensions because they're Boris guys and because they're going to make an extreme amount of money. But, a lot of this class will sign extensions or will get hurt or will be less impressive. So I don't know that I would plan three years ahead. Maybe if you're the Dodgers and you know that you're going to be competitive every year, at least you plan to be because you can spend a lot every year, then maybe you would look ahead. But would you make a move that would really hurt yourself, hurt your team now or for the next three seasons? I mean, that's a, that's a long time. (laughs) You can't really, like, you're not going to punt on 2016, 2017, 2018 for the chance of getting Bryce Harper. I I think you would keep it in mind, but I think you could explain what the Dodgers are doing by the fact that they had huge luxury tax charges and record luxury tax charges, and those were only going up, and they go up so quickly, and if you can get under them once, it really helps. I mean, they'll never be under it, probably, but... It seems like it would be a risky thing to take into account as anything other than, oh yeah, right. And those guys are also available. Then, so it would be it'd be nice to be able to. I mean, there are probably front office people who are looking at this list the way that we are and marveling at the names and mm-hmm. thinking it'd be nice if we could compete for those guys. But you're only going to sign like one of them, probably. Yeah. <laughs> so. I mean, you're probably not going to get Harper and Fernandez and Harvey or something. So it's it's one player three years down the road who will be worth six or seven or eight wins or something you're hoping and at a, a market rate. So it's not like, I mean, free agency is not the foundation of anyone's team really, or it's hard to win if free agency is the foundation of your team. So it seems like a stretch to me that this would be dictating team strategy in a a very significant way this far in advance
1: yeah i i would think that that would be kind of undeniable probably undeniably true once you get past the first tweet um because you know there are free agents as good as you know carter caps and joe mauer right now like you don't like it's not like when that winter comes not only are all those guys going to be available but they're all going to be 30% off. Like you're not getting any deals on them. You're going to be paying yeah. for them just like you would be paying for them. I think Unless that, you
0: believe the idea that I if don't. you flood the market, I know you don't, but the the idea that if you flood the market and there are tons of great free agents available, then it depresses the price for any one of them. And we've talked about that in the past. And you subscribe to the, the JC Bradbury theory that more players available means more teams that need players. And therefore... It shouldn't really lead to a reduction in price, and I yeah. think they probably believe that too.
1: Now, uh, that said, though, there are, I think when you're talking about four guys here, probably given age and talent, Harper, Machado, uh, Fernandez, and Kershaw, uh, you are talking about players who do not, uh, who are just simply not available in the normal course of team building. Uh, you can't. It's not like 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 for instance, Hayward is going to be a free agent. You would not wait till 2018 to sign Jason Hayward uh, by saving money in 2015, not signing Jason Hayward. If you want Jason <laughs> yeah. Hayward, you could, you could sign him now. Yeah. Um, but those four guys are kind of like, they're the equivalent of, you know, the number one overall pick uh, in an, in an NBA draft or something like that. It's just like, that's the only way to get those guys, to get players like that, except by having, uh, you know, extremely good fortune Uh, You can either have extremely good fortune uh, and get them through a draft or some other means, or you can buy them the extremely rare times they come up for free. So I could imagine thinking, well, we're going to have a four times in a lifetime opportunity in 2018 to get one of these guys. And so taking some steps, taking some actions to put yourself in a position to do it. I also think, though, that three years is a long ways to be thinking of that. I could see... I could start thinking about it maybe next offseason, and I could definitely see people talking about it in 2017. But it feels like a, a just a long ways away mm-hmm. for whether it's whether it would be smart to or not. I have a hard time thinking that a GM is capable of of that of showing that restraint between now and then. I mean, if you don't sign the guys now, you're not going to be the GM in three years. Yeah, that too. Right. Yeah, and,
0: and it's just like, I mean, one of these guys is just such a small fraction of your team. Yeah, and even if you're, this if you're class, one of the teams,
1: right. If you're one of the yeah. teams that is going to get Harper,
0: right. Yeah, like this entire free agent class is, it's incredible, as Jeff says. But the the headline, which, you know, he probably didn't write about changing MLB as we know it, goes back to the the old question that we have asked ourselves. If baseball were different, how different would it be? and probably not very different in most cases. So even if the free agent class of 2018 is crazy and it's the best we've seen in some time and you know three or four of the best players in baseball are available, it's still a tiny fraction of the talent in the league that's becoming available, and you're paying free agent prices for those players. So only a certain number of teams are in a position to do that and profit from that, and you have to have this baseline like if your goal is to get to 40 wins above replacement or whatever these guys are still only a fraction of that and they're the fraction that's probably not giving you much surplus value because they're free agents and it's going to cost however many millions of dollars per win relative to pre-arbitration and even arbitration players so just seems like it's more of a finishing touch to a roster than a we will build an entire team out of this free agent class because that would bankrupt you no matter how much money you saved in the intervening three years
1: if you're if you are though a team like say the phillies who's obviously not going anywhere in 2015 and maybe not in 2016 but maybe yes in 2017 do you postpone a year looking ahead to that class do you think I don't
0: I would try to be good before then I think regardless I don't I don't know that I would think Bryce Harper is the thing that we need I mean It'd be nice to have Bryce Harper, but we have three years and we've got some promising rookies and maybe we can just build a pretty good team before then. <laughs> and if we happen to be good and have some money and Bryce Harper's available, then we'll go after him too. Mm-hmm.
1: All right, so then the question is, how did this happen? Because there was yeah. a time when you and I were on this very show talking about the uh, the endangered free agent. Yeah. Uh, everybody Good was signing... Long pre-arb year extensions that took them off the market until they were older, uh, and uh, you know we there was a point where we were talking about how this was why money no longer bought wins because the only way to flex your uh, your financial muscle on the was on the free agent market where it was an increasingly sparse group of good players who were then able to command even more. Uh, and uh, I had a, a tweet that's embarrassing on about forty five levels uh, from. <laughs> I don't know, like March of 2012, after his uh, extension talks with the Giants broke down, or something like that. When I said Tim Lincecum is going to be the last good free agent, <laughs> uh, so hey, uh you We've all you, written our embarrassing Tim Lincecum. You article. you paid me for that tweet. You <laughs> gave me money to uh, to write that tweet. So uh, so how did this change? I, mean, I wrote I, a headline called "Farewell to Free Agency." There you but go. I, but.
0: I yeah. had a I had a question mark at the end of it.
1: Oh, so that means so an, I built that in a hedge. An, well, yeah, especially because the the law of of question mark headlines is that the answer is always no. Yeah, true. All right, That's what um, I saved myself. So, uh, so I uh, I know how it happened, but how did it happen? <laughs> I think I know how it happened, but how did it happen?
0: Well, as we talked about at the time, it's kind of a cyclical thing, perhaps, because, and I don't know if this is the primary reason, but once a bunch of players do sign extensions, then the players who haven't signed extensions are suddenly in good position because they're the only free agents available, and therefore they have more incentive not to sign extensions because they'll be the centerpieces of the market because all the other potential young superstars signed extensions. And then it swings back the other way where everyone wants to be the superstar who didn't sign the extension because then you can hit free agency when no one else does. So I don't know if that's the reason for this. I don't know if it it, it might be too soon for that to be reflected in this or maybe it's just a bunch of Boris guys all at once. What's your theory?
1: Uh, Well, I think so when the extensions came up, the, uh, the idea of the extension is that the player wants security. And so gives away some of his maximum earning potential in order to get that security. And I think that players figured out after not too long, especially seeing some of these deals that went really long, that they still had a lot of leverage over the club. Uh, And so they would get the security in the shortest deal possible. And so uh, I don't know how much it applies to these players specifically, but uh, there, I, I think that that's kind of the idea behind the opt-out, right? Is that you're going to get them to give you a guarantee while preserving your ability to hit the free agent market a lot sooner. And, you know, with mm-hmm. like, for instance, with uh, Cespedes, basically, as I recall, I might be wrong, I think this is right. The A's were able to get him primarily because they didn't. They didn't require six years that they... Uh, Would give him a shorter contract so that he was able to hit free agency uh, Mm -hmm. before too long. And, and, you know, you get your four years, you get your $36 million, you've got your life changing, your tier one life changing money. Um, And then rather than trying to get the six years guaranteed at that kind of nobody knows who I am quite yet and I have to take a discount to prove it uh, rate, you hit free agency having had a chance to establish yourself as a star. and, And then you get. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, more money. And with Mike Trout, that was kind of the thing where the Angels wanted to go longer. and the, the dispute was not the normal contract dispute where the player wants more years and the team wants fewer. It was the player wanted fewer years and the club wanted more because Trout wanted to get his tier one life-changing money payday, but without giving up any more than he had to. And so I think you're increasingly seeing players who are getting their paydays while preserving the option to hit free agency as many times as they can and as young as they can uh-huh. uh, and oh, yeah. then because a
0: lot of the players Jeff mentions in this are class opt- are players who had signed extensions yeah uh, yeah I mean Adam Jones signed an extension Andrew McCutcheon signed an extension Clayton Kershaw signed an extension mm-hmm. and these guys are I mean by the time 2018 comes around Adam Jones is going to be 33 and Andrew McCutcheon is going to be about the same age right and because they signed extensions and they didn't become free agents the first chance that they had and so they're not going to be as appealing in three years as as they sound today when they're still in their primes they're going to be I don't know who's the free agent this year that is Alex Gordon or something who's already no he's I mean he's just 30 who's who's a 33-year-old free agent this Z- year. Well, Zobrist, Zobrist almost. Yeah. yeah. So who signed so, an extension? Who signed yeah, right. a long so, extension? So that's the thing is that you get to be a free agent and and some of these guys will still be good enough that they'll get huge deals anyway, but you are becoming free agents when you're 32, 33, 34, not when Jason Hayward just did.
1: Yeah. I would uh I would expect my my guess would be that we're going to see a lot more deals for the top tier. Like I think that the mid tier guys, you know, you'll still get your Lucroy contracts and your Sal Perez contracts. I, I continue to think that the game is going to go in that direction even more aggressively and we'll see longer deals for younger players who are even, who have even less star profile. But I think that for the guys who have the star profiles like Machado and Harper, uh, they're seeing that they're giving up too much. Uh, to take some of that risk away. And I think the ones who do sign, you're going to see a lot fewer uh, options tacked on at the end, team options tacked on at the end, and -hmm. they're going to be shorter deals. I think you're going to see deals that, you know, maybe buy out one year of free agency, um, but not the ones that go longer than that with like a whole slew of club options tacked on. And then of course, I mean, the list that that Jeff has includes Hayward, who is obviously just signed a contract. So that's Mm -hmm. a... That's a an opt out. That's a guy hitting free agency again at twenty nine, and Kershaw is an opt out. There are other guys who are on there that are also opt outs. Yeah, okay. Fun time though. I like that. Yeah. I've re- I've read this article like four times just because <laughs> I like yeah, it's fun to look at the list. I like looking at the list. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's really fun. <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: All right. By
0: the way, have you seen the uh, the love that Tony Cruz has gotten since we talked about Tony Cruz? We did a, a banter about Tony Cruz, former Cardinals backup catcher, now current future Royals backup catcher who never plays, has been stuck behind really good, really really durable catchers. And since then, Yadier Molina posted on Instagram to sort of lament the loss of Tony Cruz. And by the way, uh, speaking of players with interesting punctuation tendencies, Yadier Molina on Instagram is like three commas Surrounded by spaces On both sides And obviously English is Not his first language but it's not like Triple commas is a thing in Spanish Either so I can I'll send you uh,
1: I'm there by the way Chris Sale uh, Actually uh, I saw A later tweet I just saw a later tweet And uh, Chris Sale actually Has a club option and will not hit Until 2019 Aha uh-huh. I am looking at Yadier Molina's Twitter.
0: Well, I just sent you his his Instagram about Tony Cruz, and and he says very sad. First Tony, now Jay, referring to John Jay. Wow, maybe I am next. Well, EM, I know he his might business be business ta- for them. He might. They be don't care about, about anything. Only business for me. We are family. I'm so sad.
1: Yeah, he might be talking about EM. By the way, it might be that he's predicting EM is gonna. Retire next. No, Te- yeah. you don't technically know.
0: No, no, that's true.
1: Yeah. The well, the weird thing is, uh, first comma uh, space comma space, second one space comma 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 space, third one space comma 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 space, fourth one space comma comma no space, fifth one space comma comma space. He had
0: every possible combination. <laughs> How do you yeah. end
1: up with three commas? What you know it? what, Ben? Ugh. Yeah. Uh, if we ever do our uh, parody, uh, if we ever go into a, the parody song business, uh, the Effectively Wild parody song business, mm-hmm. I think that we're going to have to, to redo comma, 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 comma-lina. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> comma, comma-lina. Comma,
0: <laughs> comma-lina. comma <laughs> Put his finger on the key
1: and just left it there for a while. Let me, let me, real quick, prediction time for not, we're off that topic, back to the one. I'm gonna, so Harper, Donaldson, McCutcheon, Machado, Price, Hayward, Kershaw, Fernandez, Harvey, Keichel. I want you to pick a extension and a terrible. So <laughs> name a guy who will have an extension by then and uh-huh. not hit free agency and name a guy who will be terrible, just terrible. <laughs> okay. Like which which Matt guys Lakers. are eligible here?
0: Harper, Fernandez. Harper,
1: Harper, Donaldson, McCutcheon, Machado, Price. Another opt-out, by the way. Hayward, okay. Kershaw, Fernandez, Harvey, Keichel. Keichel, terrible. Okay. Which I don't believe,
0: but in that group, maybe. And extension. Man, none of those guys seems like, well, was Kershaw in that group? Yeah. Okay, I'll say Kershaw. I mean, he has a... But he's, he
1: could, you, yeah, he could renegotiate right. a new contract before, yeah. like the Sabathia model. I'll say that happens. And one more, of Price, Hayward, and Kershaw, I don't know if there's enough and maybe Kershaw since he's already taken, but of those three opt-outs, do you see one not opting out? Not opting out at all, not opting out, not renegotiating, just that's his contract. No. See, to me, Keichel seems like the most obvious extension here, but he's also probably the most the, I mean, it's hard not to bet on him as the terrible one. Mm-hmm. So I'll, But I'll go Keuchel extension, Donaldson terrible. Uh-huh. And and I will say, uh, I will also say no opt-out, uh, all opt-outs.
0: Uh-huh. All right. The other thing I was going to say is that Hayward listed Tony Cruz as a reason why he wasn't resigning with the Cardinals. <laughs>
1: uh-huh.
0: <laughs> because Tony Cruz left. Not explicitly, but he mentioned that the Cubs have this young core Whereas the Cardinals have all these players who are retiring soon or are gone like Tony Cruz. <laughs> so should have kept Tony Cruz, could have had Jason Haber. Yeah. All right. So you can send us emails, which I've been saying for about two weeks without actually doing an email show. Maybe we'll do one tomorrow. I don't yeah,
1: know. I'm, ni- a- I'm 90% sure we will.
0: Okay. So send us some at podcast at baseballperspectives.com. Join our Facebook group, facebook.com groups slash Effectively Wild. Great review. Subscribe to the show on iTunes and support our sponsor, PlayIndex, baseballreference.com. Use the coupon code BP when you subscribe to get the discounted price of $30 on a one-year subscription. Nice to be back. We will talk to you tomorrow.